the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Everybody, Dennis and Julie, Dennis Prager, Julie Hartman. I treasure the Dennis and Julie podcast. So much fun. Oh, that's a given. But I mean, I treasure it. I meant that literally. It's a treasure in my life. Well, I know I've told you this off the air, but when I'm 40 or 50... To be able to look back and have these and literally watch myself like two episodes ago when we had that talk about religion, my mind was just blown on air. Hmm. And for me to be able to go back and watch myself learning in real time, I think will be the ultimate treasure. And of course, it's a treasure now. But you notice that there was not a word about me. (laughs) Oh, come on. Oh, yes. It was just, it was, when I'm 40 or 50, it's going to be good to go back and just watch myself. Not you at all. I was. What a needy man he is. I was, yes, exactly correct. So I want to ask you there's nothing like this, and it's not a compliment, it's just a statement of fact. There are many wonderful podcasts. I never claim that my radio show is better than everybody else's, or I don't, I don't think that way. I, I want to make a contribution. But if something is unique, it is unique. The openness and honesty and exploration of life, not to mention the age difference, which one would think on paper is significant and turns out to be essentially insignificant to both of us. Which And it's really beautiful. It's a human show. That's the best way to put it. So anyway... I wanted to ask you, you finally have begun your own show. You don't, you're not calling it a podcast, is that correct? I'm calling it a show because it's uh, live on YouTube, and then it also is on the Salem News Channel, and then it's in podcast form. So it's a podcast or a show or right. a streaming show. So how long do you devote to each? I devote about 45 minutes. And just like Dennis and Julie started off in the 30-minute to 45-minute range, I'm hoping that it will grow. But also, if I can be concise with the news and my commentary, I don't want to keep people longer than they have to. It's uh, Tuesday through Friday. So Dennis and Julie's on Mondays, and then the remaining days of the week I'm doing Timeless. So anything surprised you? Yes. (laughs) The amount of work has surprised me. I thought that it would be comparable to guest hosting for you because when I guest host for you, it's three hours. But what I realized is that when I guest host for you, it's three hours, but then I'm done for the week. You know, the next time I guest host Mm -hmm. for you will be maybe two or three weeks later. With this, it's every single day. And also when I guest host for you, even though it's three hours, having the commercial break really helps. Sure. Because... 
it it it's allows a breather. it's a breather it's a breather and right. it allows for a natural transition mm-hmm. whereas when you're just sitting as i am on on the set and, uh, and no callers well, actually, yes, we will start introducing callers. Oh. We've only had three shows, so we've right. decided. Oh, that's interesting. But yeah, oh, yeah we have a call-in number. Oh, yeah, because it's live. You will. It's live, yes. Oh, that's awesome. And I'll call in. <laughs> that Dennis. would be fun. You don't need to Dennis call in. Dennis from L.A. You can just walk 15 feet no, no, and no, I'll call in. sit down. I'll surprise you one day. But we, so I just sit in front of the camera, and there's no commercial break, and I'm just talking for 45 minutes straight, and that's a lot harder than at least for me, than three hours with commercial breaks because well, and, of the and, lack of natural well, transition. Well, the daily, the daily issue. Yes, daily. So I have referred to my talk show, which is now 40 years, I, as a jealous mistress. It, it, I've never heard this. Yes, that's how I, I think of it. it it's, and wh- why do I refer to it that way? It's very demanding, like a mistress might be. And it's jealous of all your other time. And obviously, we're given vacation time, but the fact is, pretty much, I have to be on every day of the year, every weekday of the year. Mm-hmm. In in a certain sense, it's the ideal job. It, it's three hours, and, and my day is theoretically over, though that's a joke. But but it's theoretically over, and that's a, that's a joy. Uh, and since I usually broadcast Pacific time, it's over by noon. To ha- I, I am spoiled. I mean, the thought that I have the rest of the day to do whatever I want is is a joy that I, I never cease to be appreciative of. But every day, it's, it's demanding. Yes. I mean, I come in, I film this, and then I go home, and literally the, the rest of the day and the, the entire next I do morning tomorrow? is is 100% devoted That's towards right. the next show. You so feel you like- will love this. You know what I say to you when young people have asked me, oh, I'd like to be a talk show host. How do I know if I could do it? You know my answer, right? No, I don't. Oh, you'll love this. I've been saying this for decades. I say, listen, there's a very good way to test whether you can do it. I want you to sit alone in a room, stare at a wall, and be interesting for three hours. It's hard. And, what, and half the time they go, mm, maybe it's not my profession. And another thing that I've chosen to do on my show, Timeless, is I don't have a desk. And I I just, it's like you with your fireside chats. I just sit in the chair and look directly at the camera because it was really important to me to have a direct line with my viewer. And I want my viewer to feel like they're sitting across from me and just having a conversation with me. I think I underestimated how extraordinarily hard that is because when you, you know, when you have a desk here, first of all, you as a host feel a little bit protected with a desk in front of you. And also you can put a computer right in front of your face. So if you forget a stat, you can just right. look down. Yes. But I have to do this from memory. And it's, it's Well, that's tough. my fireside chat to a certain extent. Right. But yours is longer. Mine is a half hour. And half of it is questions. Mm-hmm. So, so, but, but... I, I, of course, I know the challenge you, you made for yourself. You could have had a desk. It, well, exactly. I did make it for myself because, A, again, I, I care about the way that the viewer perceives the show. But also, I really wanted to make myself good. I wanted to create this challenge for myself because I know that if I do a show like this for a year without a desk, over time in my career, I really won't need one anymore. I want to become fluid without needing notes in front of me. So I kind of created that for myself. 
The reason you can do that, and I can't, interestingly. Well, I mean, I do it on my fireside chat, but it's still different. It's, it's 15 minutes just myself and the viewer, and the other 15 is taking questions. But you is 45, you and the viewer, and it's daily. My, mine is once a week, my, my fireside chat. But uh, I don't have your memory. I, I simply have to make reference to what is on the computer, and mm-hmm. I fully acknowledge it. For, for statistics, I'll tell you, I, I, I blew something on the radio, which was very embarrassing to me. Really? Yeah, yes. Because of my... Uh, people need to understand everybody has challenges. So uh, in my field of thinking, speaking, I am ch- I've always been challenged on the memory issue with names. In you have. Pe- yes. <laughs> uh, it's, I I can, if you give me... Eight arguments against the minimum wage, I can recite them back. But if you tell me a name that I will have said a hundred times, I will still mangle it. So I, I can, I mangled the name of Randy Weingarten is a, is an awful human being who has ruined innumerable children's lives, in my opinion. Mike Pompeo, the former Secretary of State, said she was the most a, a, a vicious woman in America recently, and I, and and for that alone, I came to deeply respect Mike Pompeo. He identified a villain. She's with the American Federation of Teachers, I believe it is, and I I instead I gave a different name that sounds like hers of a tremendously wonderful woman. Oh no, it's okay. It's okay. I'm not going to say the name because I, I well I guess should I say the name or not. Yeah, Roberta Weintraub, who... Same initials. Yeah, well, it sounds like Randy Weingarten in a certain sense. It does, it does. No, it's understandable, but it's still awful because (laughs) Roberta Weintraub is the opposite of Randy Weingarten, and she was the reason I got onto radio. She gave my name to KABC, my first radio station. She brought me to them, (sighs) and I have such permanent love and affection and and respect for her she anyway it doesn't matter i'm just saying nate oh so you'll love this so i i first realized how i mangle names Mm -hmm. when i was at graduate school i was dating a girl her last forget her name oh worse (laughs) no it's worse no her last name was last okay that's a last name and we had been dating for months, and we oh, went Dennis. we went to a party, and I said, "This I won't say her first name. This is so and so first." Did you think? It, did you really think it was first? Yes. For how many months? No, no, no. Just then at the party. Oh, just then. Yes, but now, now, interestingly, she was very annoyed. She was hurt, and I don't think she should have been hurt. But it doesn't matter. It just shows you. By the way, I my... have to tell you, I would be a little hurt. Oh, okay. I'm I would. Very... Well, I'm happy you told me that. I would. I would think because you don't get hurt easily. No, I no. I would quit this job if I got hurt. No, I'm kidding. You would. The, <laughs> the no, jokes. That is true. The jokes that we make here. You gotta. You know. Have no, no, no. But, but oh no, no. You would quit the job. I thought because of the public's right. reaction to you. Yeah. You, you'll get your 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 fair share of. of, of oh, I mean, I already have. You already have. Yes, yes. exactly. So. Uh, by I would the way, be, I would be a bit offended. I'm, or okay, offended. no, no, I'm very happy to hear hurt. 
Hurt. Okay, I'm happy to hear because it it it, it 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 means that I shouldn't ever think she overreacted. I don't think she Good. did. Good. Okay, that's with respect fair. to you. Anyway, my point was not about her. My point was about me and names. My brother has the same exact thing. It shows you. It's, it, there's no question. It's genetic. As he points out, he says, Dennis. So he's a very prominent physician. My brother. And he says, I will have seen a patient for years, and I insist that my secretary give me the person's name. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, you I know, totally get it. As I, you said, everyone has their That's their heel. battles. That is exactly yep. right. Well, when I guest hosted for you a, a few weeks ago, I was mortified because I was talking about comfort women. I think I, I think I told you yeah, this. Yeah, uh, no, I don't remember the Korean, uh, the horrible yes, use of and I said, women by the Japanese. And I said that they were Japanese women oh. and not Korean women. And I knew that they were Korean women. Of course you did, but because I just, who, who would have been using them? Right, exactly. So I just got confused, and I had all of these people writing into me, and it was it was during my history hour. Every time yes. I guest host for you or for another host, when I do history hour. When you do hour. this work, you you're, you're going exposed. to mess up. Uh, yes. you, not only will you, but you're exposed. I mean, there's just no way around it. And another thing. Yeah. So last week when I was um, doing a timeless episode, I was talking about how many. By the way, timeless episode means timeless with Julie Hartman. Yes. So that's and how do people find it? I, I, Pe- people can watch it on YouTube as they can watch this show on YouTube or they can also go on Spotify or Apple and, and watch it on podcast. Oh, okay. Or if you want to go to the Salem News Channel, too, which is an app. Um, you can go there too. But I think the the fastest route is YouTube. But anyway, last week when I was hosting the uh, Timeless, I was oh, – gosh, what was I about to say? What were we talking about? Forgetting. Oh, um, oh yes. Well, last week when I was uh, hosting Timeless, I was talking about how – when I, uh, a year ago at Harvard, went to the senior thesis meeting, so many people were talking about uh, writing a thesis and their topics were absurd. Their topics were like, I'm going to write about the intersectionality of uh, Guatemalan basket weavers in 1804. And when I was describing these senior thesis writers, I said everyone had these crazy niche topics. The point was I was trying I was trying to show how insane, you know, the theses are. But I but I was watching the episode back and I realized that I said everyone had these insane niche topics. And that's not true. Not Obviously. everyone had well, them. Well, all right, everyone is not meant as no, a it's scientific not. statement of mathematical fact. Right. But still, you know how hard everyone I am Everyone likes myself. ice cream. We understand right. some people don't. Right. But still you know, in this line of work, people will get you on stuff oh, like that. Oh, yes. No, you have to be very and careful. And so I, uh, I, I got to improve on that. Yes. So uh, I would today say virtually everyone right. or nearly everyone, uh, yes. I try to amend my language to say most or the yes. majority, but it's hard. It it's is, hard when yes. you're live and you're trying to well, keep track of what you're saying. because we don't do that in private speech. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just the way it is. Okay. So I, I just want to salute you because it's, it's a gutsy thing to, to take on a solo uh, podcast like that. You don't have a co-host there. I mean, relatively speaking, even though this is twice as long, this is easier mm-hmm. because it's it easier is. for me. This is easier for me than my radio show. Mm-hmm. The, I, the, the, I fully acknowledge it. I want people I to... I have you. 
I know. I sort uh, of view this as vacate, like yes. work vacation. If yes. that makes sense. When, when Dennis and Julie right. rolls around, I'm like, okay, I can relent a that, little bit. That, that's right. I'd like to introduce you to Monorail, America's investment app that takes you from where you are to where you want to be. Monorail is an investment and savings app that is made for patriots by patriots. It doesn't matter whether you're an Apple fan or if you prefer Android. Monorail is available in both environments and online at monorail.com. Monorail is safer for users with bank-level encryption and biometrics. Your money is protected with Monorail through Securities Investor Protection Corporation and the FDIC. No matter how you engage with Monorail, you're getting the security and the safety that you need. Whether you're adding funds to your investment account, looking to buy a stock, or putting money aside for your future purchases. With Monorail, you can put your money where it matters and utilize the economic power that built this country. Don't go somewhere else to trade stocks. Monorail gives you the freedom to purchase whole or fractional shares in companies that you believe in. It only takes five minutes to download the app and set it up. Join the pro-America money movement. Join Monorail. Well, I, I had that. I, I never co-hosted. But on occasion, I would appear, for example, with Larry Elder. And I just remember thinking, all of my memory of names and, and numbers is irrelevant. Oh, yeah. he remembers everything. Well, yes, yeah, especially I'm, with Larry I'm, I'm Elder. I'm with a living Google. So it, it was so such a joy to be, uh, you know, collaborating with Larry. You say I'm a human recording device. Oh, he he's he a, is a human it, recording it's device. It's astonishing to hear him. But, you know, another thing I noticed with doing Timeless is that – so I'll first say that, that my goal as a host – I have two principal goals. The first one is to provide really fact-rich news stories to people. Like, I want to put a lot of facts in people's arsenals so they can walk around feeling more informed. But another thing I want to do, and this is why I named the show Timeless, is I want to turn to those more eternal, unchanging truths about life that are non-political. And it's so funny because I know that you, like me, prefer to talk about the timeless and enduring things. And it's just so funny because when I'm filming timeless, I can't wait for the news to be done. Like I can't wait to get to the part of my show where I'm talking about that the was the hardest ultimate issues in, in, in my radio career. My first years, I just said, call in on anything. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. I loved it. We would go from the most personal issue to some political issue to some religious issue some philosophical issue, American issue, international issue. It, it, it was great. And then when I got a national show, they said, look, it doesn't work quite that way. People expect to hear your take on what's happening. So I, I relented, of course, a lot, but not fully, because I still have an Ultimate Issues Hour, a male-female hour, a happiness yes, hour, yeah. and anything goes hour. That's four hours out of 15. And... I don't devote every other hour just to news, but it, it is driven by what is happening. And I totally understand that. People want, in my case, Dennis Prager's take on X, Y, or Z. And the news is really interesting. I mean, oh, oh, it's relentless. I, as a host, I'm learning so much oh, by doing oh, this about I, the world. Isn't it the truth? Oh, oh, yes. And I feel, I it's feel like... It's the ultimate soap opera. It That's is. how I think of it. The ongoing drama. And, you know, it really shows how relentless our job is because 
last week I was talking about an impending railroad strike, and literally five minutes before I went on air, the Senate voted to strike down a specific measure, 52 to 48. And so, again, five minutes before I go on air, I have to learn that fact. So you just, you constantly have to be clued in, checking your phone, checking your email. So... It's it's kind so, of a new so are people, realm of life are people for me. Writing in, are they becoming aware of timeless? Yes, it's brand new. I don't expect it. Yes, look, it's gonna. I mean, it, you have to be patient. I have to be patient. That's right. But and, we're gonna do what we're looking. Did, did you go on Ben Shapiro yet? I'm going on him tomorrow. Well, that's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's a huge built-in audience. I mean, I, I do a lot with Daily Wire, and I have great affection and respect for them. I'm I'm really excited to talk to you, him. Well, you should be. I mean, that's that's a big deal. I know, and he's he's one of the people who really influenced me, and conti- obviously I, I, continues to influence reason, me. You know, people should know how much we root for each other. Oh, people, there is zero competition. Let's say between Daily Wire and PragerU, zero. I am thrilled for their success. They are thrilled for our success. They they use me for some of their biggest events and and PragerU is completely happy about that and vice versa uh, uh you know you you may you probably don't know the guy who runs daily wire is not ben just as i don't run PragerU, uh i uh, i'm obviously important play important role there right. marissa runs it well and, and, alan, and alan marissa and alan yes so uh the guy who runs it is jeremy boring who is uh, I met him years ago, and I knew him in the capacity of being, uh, I, th- I believe at the time, he was a, 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 a pastor. He's a committed... Oh, really? Yes, exactly. Oh, wow. But he, I didn't know he was a pastor. Yes. he. So we would always talk theology, and I knew I am with a deep and good man. That's all I thought about Jeremy Boring. I still think, of course, he is. He's deep and and and, and good. But I didn't know the man's a bloody genius. I mean, what he he has built. Oh, the Daily uh, the Wire. The Daily Wire. It has. You know that it now has a million paid subscribers. I'm one of them. Yep. Me too. Well, I remember, and I I've, I know I've said this on this program before, but it just it blew me away. When I worked for you two summers ago, it was right when Candace Owens announced that she was leaving PragerU and going to the Daily Wire. And so I asked you, how do you feel about that? And you just like, you were like, it's great. It's great. You, It was like such a nonchalant like yes. reaction. It, and it, I just, I couldn't believe it of because. Of course, I know. I, I, I've I, never been in an environment. We're all in it for the ideal. We're all rowing in the same boat. Oh, exactly. And so I I have a story to tell that I have never, I don't think I've ever told publicly, but I was actually going to save it for um, when and if I speak at a a PragerU uh, gala or conference, but I want to tell it now because it's relevant to this conversation. So as many of you know, uh, back in 2020, I had a, a really difficult two weeks of my life after I first went on your yeah, I Dennis's, tell that story all the time. Yes, after I went on Dennis's radio show for the first time, it went online. All these people at my school canceled me. I convinced myself that I was never going to get a job, never going to get married. I thought I had, you know, it was. I felt like honestly, like I had committed a crime. It was that bad. So for two weeks, I was just inconsolable. But. I had agreed to do a PragerU Stories of Us at the beginning of those two weeks. So I wasn't 
totally in the depression, but I was about like halfway through the depression. But nevertheless, I still went to PragerU. I had agreed to this commitment to film a stories of us. And so I went, by the way, I'm so sorry. There is a huge spider crawling behind you. I don't care. No, you got to smush it. I'm terrified. Oh, that's sad. I never kill spiders. It's a policy. No, no, no. It's it's a daddy long. I'm sorry. I'm terrified of spiders. You got to kill this. That guy's bothering you? Yeah, you, I'm sorry. You got to whack it. All right. Wait, and I won't whack it. I'll, I'll get rid of it. But I won't, No, no. I'll, I'll, I'll put him in a glass. <laughs> oh, my, my God. Yes. You guys, I, I am really scared of spiders. No, 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 it's going to distract me the whole time. I'm sorry. No, no, we, we can... I will, I will get rid of it. Okay, okay. okay. All right, young man. All right. I'm going to bring it to you, Sean. Oh, God. We'll take a quick Just break. Just kill it. I'm not killing it. Okay. All right. Let's go. What are you... What are you... Oh, okay. I no, thought you were going to pick it up. No, no, no. I'm going to... Now, give me a piece of paper. We don't have... Oh, okay. Yes, I'll slide a piece of paper okay. in. Okay. And then all will be good. Okay. How do you know it's in there? <laughs> the laws of physics dictate. Well, where are you going to put it? I'm giving it to Sean. What is he going to do with it? That's uh, a great question. I don't know. This is a very real moment on the Dennis and Joe. Wait, Sean. Oh, God, you should see what's going on. Sean took it. <laughs> oh, now Dennis can't get back in. Oh, okay, you can get back lost. in. He just wanted me to know. Wait. <laughs> he wants this all. <laughs> Wait, Sean, what did you do with it? That stays in. He really wants it in. That's what did, really funny. What did he do with the spider? What, what, uh, you gave it to our spider specialist? Fine. Okay. Wait. I'm, wait what? So just for the record, oh, see, the reason you have to appreciate spiders because they take care of the insects. They get rid of them. The, the really obnoxious ones like mosquitoes. Dennis, I am. T- I can't deal with spiders. <laughs> it, it, it is... It is totally understandable. A lot of people... What is it called? Arachnophobia. Arachnophobia. Yeah, yeah. Usually I'm professional and I let stuff like that go, but it would distract me the entire time. I have leftophobia. That's my one phobia. Well said. People who want to ruin the world, I fear them. I fight them, but they're they're scary. Anyway, okay, so it was a real... Stop. What happened? What happened? Is it still is there, there? Is there another spider? I don't know. We'll find out. Well, he's not there. I got rid of him. Okay. Right. Are we keeping in the spider footage? It's an, By the way... I don't want to get into it, but it is an interesting thing, phobias. Listen, it's not... Half the world is probably scared of spiders. I'll tell you where I feel bad. I mean, there are people, for example, who are who are afraid of flying. So they, they don't get to see their children. They don't get to see mm. their friends. Mm. They, they, they don't get to see the world. I mean, that is a, uh, a very sad phobia. There are people who are afraid. I forgot the name of the phobia where they're afraid to leave their house. Are you familiar with that? Oh, yes. Yes, I wa- I took um, a uh, psychology class with Steven Pinker when I was a freshman, and he played a video uh, with pe- people in it who have that phobia, and it stuck with me. It, it must be so crippling. Oh, entirely. By the way, do you remember if it was a man or a woman, the interviewee? I think it was a woman. 
I have not encountered men who have that. Mm. Yeah. I'm not saying it, that none do, no, it's interesting. but every time I have read about it, it has been a female. Well, I just want to tell the viewers that my spider phobia, maybe I shouldn't share this because it's a little graphic, but I one time saw this video, this is where it comes from, where a spider like laid eggs inside someone's skin and the spiders hatched. Like there was a cut in the wow. and again, I don't know if it was real or maybe t- uh, uh-huh. technically altered, but I think I saw that maybe five years ago, and I have had nightmares at least once a week since then that a spider is going to hatch eggs in my skin. So that's when where it comes I, from. When I was a, a kid, I would say about 12, I told my older brother and I think it's common for younger brothers to idolize their older brother, and I certainly did. And so he was 18, which to me was like old. Yeah. And uh, I told him I was really scared of monster films. So he said, there's only one thing you, you can do to overcome that. Keep watching them until you're not scared, and then start laughing at the makeup mm-hmm. and and the whole silliness of of these guys who were monsters and it worked and so anything i got scared of i sort of adopted that attitude of immersing myself so i wonder by the way i don't know if that's effective for every phobia but it would be interesting if you <laughs> I know, you just saw my <laughs> i know the thought of you watching constant spider films i guess uh, I, I guess may not work <laughs> Just, just I know what you're saying though because again just Well not... what if the person who fears flying do you know anyone who fears flying? Weirdly enough, I adopted a little bit of a fear of flying when I went to college. Really? I've yes, I've flown my whole life. You know, my uh, older sister Gina who has severe autism when I was eight years old, she was institutionalized in Massachusetts. So we every month would fly back and forth from Los Angeles and Massachusetts. So I was I was very used to flying when I was young. But when I went to college I started flying alone. And whenever there would be turbulence, I was convinced that the engine gave out. And you know what? I've I've given this a lot of thought because it perplexed me. And I think it's because when you fly with your parents even though it's not rational, you subconsciously have this idea that if your parents are with you, they vetted the situation. Like they vetted the pilot or they vetted the plane. Like they would never put you in a situation where you would be in danger. But then if you're flying alone, you don't have that well, safety net. And, and they're net not with there you. to rescue you. They're not I there to rescue you. That's also a factor. Right. So, anyway, I was telling you a story about yeah, PragerU. Right. Sorry for the little interruption, although I shouldn't apologize. The spider should apologize. Totally. Anyway, so I went through the, those horrible two weeks. Somewhere in those two weeks, I feel it must have been pretty quickly because I think PragerU contacted me immediately after I went on your show. Uh, to do a Stories of Us, and I agreed immediately. So anyway, I went and I filmed this Stories of Us, which is a PragerU series where people talk about their journey to conservatism or the moments when they realized that they had been red-pilled. And so I went to PragerU headquarters. I filmed this video, 
and I talked about the influence that you had on me. I talked about the Black Lives Matter riots and what that did. And it was so cool to be at PragerU. I mean, PragerU is a compound. It is. And everyone was so nice. I mean, it was just such an incredible experience. But I filmed it and I went home and I was still feeling really kind of on shaky ground. I didn't know if I felt comfortable enough to go public with my conservatism. So about five or six days later, I called Dana, who's one of the um, uh, people at PragerU who's in charge of Stories of Us, and I said, I'm so sorry about this. I don't know if this is possible, but can you just pull the video? I I don't want it to air. I'm not comfortable going public yet. I, I just, I'm depressed. I feel like my life is ruined. And I had convinced myself, you know what, Julie? They're going to release the video because you made a commitment. They hired a makeup artist to come do my makeup. They had, you know, you know what it's like to film a PragerU video. They have 15 people there, you know, camera people. And it took like two or three hours to film. And and I thought, well, they're going to say tough bleep, Julie. You know, you agreed to do something. And they said to me, no problem. We want you to be comfortable. We don't you know want to ruin your life if you want it pulled we will pull it no buts no questions asked and i just i'm so proud you should be so proud i was blown away and you know what even though they didn't do it strategically they did it because they're just nice decent people it actually that helped me get out of my uh, get get out of my fear because i realized wow these are these are really good people i shouldn't be ashamed that I uh, associated myself with them. And you, the the founder. On the good people issue, I I was very, very affected by the goodness of people I was raised, not by my parents, but in the milieu I was raised, Mm -hmm. to fear. Or, yeah, to fear. I've I've mentioned on a number of occasions I started collecting books as a junior in high school. The first time I counted how many books I had, I, re- I remember the number, 32. I, I now have about 8,000. And I haven't bought cause, in a while because I, I read a lot on Kindle. And people send them to you. And Yes. But, but I still buy. But in any event... I had 32 books. They filled up one shelf in, in a little bookshelf in my in my parent in, in my bedroom in my parents' home. One of them was Danger on the Right. If you look that up, oh, you yeah, will I've see. Oh yeah, I've that. Yes, it was a very popular book, and it was it was a given. It wasn't even conscious. This infiltration of a young mind in New York City uh, when I grew up. Just know that all there's no there was no book danger on the left, just danger on the right. So when I started meeting conservatives in I would say my late twenties, truly it took that long, and then certainly in my thirties, and, and Christians, I grew up an Orthodox Jew in a sort of cocoon, so I ne- very rarely met a Christian. And then I, I really met them a lot. <laughs> and I thought, I really like these people. 
they're really nice. They're really good. There was a term you used. I, I trust myself on uh, uh, my goodness meter. We want to thank our friends at Epic TV for sponsoring Dennis and Julie. Epic TV is a censorship-free video platform with original news programs like Crossroads, The Larry Elder Show, Facts Matter, American Thought Leaders, and documentaries investigating critical issues that are not covered anywhere else. Why do we trust the Epic Times? Because they're unbiased. They report on important news that other media ignore. They focus on clear, fact-based journalism without spin or hidden agendas. They are truthful. They report just the facts and trust their discerning viewers, that's all of you, to arrive at your own conclusions. They're resilient. Despite the attacks from many sides, defamation from other media, thugs burning of their printing presses, and assaulting their journalists, the Epic Times continues to dedicate themselves to reporting the truth. If you're looking for an unbiased, truthful, and resilient news source, check them out today. We have a special offer for our Dennis and Julie viewers. Just sign up and start watching. No credit card required. No strings attached. If you decide to subscribe within 14 days, it's just $1 for two months. So go to watchepic.com slash Dennis and Julie and subscribe. That's watch, E-P-O-C-H dot com slash Dennis and Julie. Watch unbiased, truthful news in Epic TV on any device. It's a special offer for our viewers. Just sign up and start watching. No credit card required. No strings attached. Yeah, I want to add, my wife and I so love Epic Times. We not only use our own personal money to subscribe, we send them money. I'm not kidding. Uh, there's stuff on Epic Times you will not find anywhere else. Oh, you know too. You love it. it, it it's, it's, it's great. I was published in the Epic Times. I wrote an energy article a few weeks ago, and they are just the most professional and kind they, people. So, they are. And in addition to news, they have a life and tradition section of their newspaper, which I benefit yes. hugely from. So, folks, the, these are important and good guys. So what is it again? Epic Times. It's watch, watch Epic, Epic Times slash Dennis and Julie. Com dot slash com. Dennis and Julie. Oh, dot com slash? Yes. Really? It isn't the slash Dennis and Julie <laughs> dot com? No. It's dot coms. Really? It's, yes? Okay. I never saw that. Where dot com and then a slash. Maybe, yeah, that's right. I did see that. Okay, I take that back. I want to tell you something about my goodness meter you'll find interesting. I don't know if I told you this, but you'll know if I told you this. Yes, I will. So... My dear friend from high school, Joseph, we've we've always loved each other. I mean, it's a truly tremendous bond to this day. So we met at 15, at the age of 15. Anyway, our first 15, 20 years, we were both single and did so much together. And after we would meet somebody... Joseph's immediate reaction, if he had one, didn't always have one, was about the person's intelligence. And I remember over time thinking, my only reaction is to assess their goodness. Now, Joseph is an extremely good person, so it's no comment on Joseph. It's a comment on 
the nature that we have. I, I have always believed brains are overrated. And I was blessed with a good brain. So, uh, so I, I hope I have credibility in saying that. It's not like um, this is sour grapes. Well, I'm a dummy <laughs> and brains aren't that important. But they're not. Brains are important if you want to send a rocket to Mars. Then a brain, clearly you need a great brain, at least in physics or in math or whatever science is involved. But as a general statement, the the thing, the only thing that ever meant anything to me in meeting people to this day is their goodness. And that's why I'm reacting to your reaction. I think that's true for you. Oh, yes. That's a very big deal, Julie. It's another, by the way, I have the chills, and I, I'm debating whether to say it because it's so about us. And I'm a little self-conscious, but it doesn't matter. The whole thing of, of our dialogues, to be real, the, the amount that I see in common between us is eerie. And, and that is one of them. Most people react to charm intelligence looks and by the way i don't i don't claim that they they don't move me and certainly a woman's looks moves me i'm a male i i, I fully acknowledge that mm-hmm. but number one so i'll give you an example the uh, uh as i told you in denmark sue and i met this 30 year old woman who's coming to visit who's going to live in our house for a week she's never been to america I can't wait for the two of you to meet. I can't. I tell, I'm telling you, that's as exciting to oh, me. I'm, I'm you, thrilled to meet her. Oh, you will, because I picked up in a nanosecond how good she is, and and and, and I, I totally believe it. And we didn't spend tons of time together. And by the way, this just sh- Dennis met her on a trip. It's yes. not like you knew this, and no, now I, she's coming to your house for a week. Oh, to live. Dennis oh, yes. Prager 101. Well, Dennis Who Prager. Who does that? Oh, you're right. Well, that's how much I trust my instinct. Well, you know the German boy? Oh, of Th- course. That's the best story. So uh, uh, a, f- a few years ago, there's this 20, I don't know, maybe 22, 23-year-old German kid. He came to be an au pair in my, in my neighborhood. So uh, my stepson met him, and they started to, to you know, do fun things together. So he came to our house. And I fell in love with the guy. And I said to Sue, let's, ha- let's, let's tell him to leave the au pair job and live with us. Within an hour, who else? I invited, well, Sue, Sue gets half the credit. I well, mean, of course, I'm saying who but, else but, but I was guys. But it was my instinct. Right. And I said, how about living with us? He said, you serious? You just met me. I said, doesn't matter. Uh, and and it turned. He stayed six months, and and we adore this guy. He, 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 so, I have very great faith in my good meter. Uh, I feel like a broken record saying me too, but I I so resonate with what you're saying exactly, and it's what we talked about a few episodes ago. When you find those people, you got to grab them. Oh, yes. You have to. And it doesn't matter if it's a 30-year-old Danish girl or, in my case, a 74-year-old, you know, Jewish talk show. It doesn't matter who they are, what age, what gender, what race. You've got to grab them. That's right. That, that, okay, yes, and you do. Yes. And I, 
I had this good meter, too, from the time that I was young. And I was always just disgusted by people who I felt were not good. It didn't matter how, as you say, how much charm they had, how wealthy they were, how, you know, uh, athletic they were. It didn't matter to me. In fact, in college, I had uh, there was a girl who I became quite close to. And she's beautiful and she's very smart and she's a good person and she and I became good friends. But she was dating this guy who was like Mm -hmm. just the mother of all. Uh, I'm struggling not to say a curse word. (laughs) See, Dennis and Julie fans, I'm trying. I'm trying to avoid curse words. But trust me with this guy, it is warranted. He is... The worst person I've ever known in my life, in that that wow. season, and j- just a just a rotten person, and it was so perplexing to me because I was like, "How can this girl uh-huh, uh-huh. be friend like be How do you date not this?" See it? And it was because he was good looking, he was wealthy, he was very very charming, uh, suave, confident, and it even though this girl was a good person. At least in my interactions with her or my observed interactions uh, that that she had with other people, I just – I was like, what? There must be something a little bit defunct inside you in order to be attracted to this guy who is, again, the mother of all blankety blanks. So it it actually really impacted my friendship with her because – I, I just I couldn't get past that, and I'm not again. I'm not trying to sound like Mother Teresa. So let, let me give you. But it's yes, just, no, it's no, just it, true. You don't have I to couldn't get past Teresa. it. Well, okay. So I have two big reactions. One is about the star issue, and the other uh, is about we all have a nature. So I'll start with the star issue. What's what do you mean by the star? You, okay. You'll 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 know in a moment. I know people well who have really good values and are personally just of impeccable character, but they have a weakness. We all have weaknesses. This is, this is one of theirs. This is one of the rare times where I would like to use a curse word myself because it always comes with it. Star effers. Have you ever heard the term? Of course. Growing up in Los Angeles, okay, I've heard the term so and is, seen it. This is so. Here is Prager Rule of Life number eight nine three two six. Avoid stars. Period. Period. End of issue. Just avoid them, and I did, and I I don't I take no credit for this because it's built into me. I have never had a desire to befriend a star that a person is a star political or or athletic or hollywood is 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 of little interest to me as the color of their shoes and that's a gift from god i don't i i I now I, i became conscious of it later and how valuable that attitude was but uh it was built into me, so I've never had to fight the, the ache to be to befriend a star. But I know people, some of whom are very well known themselves, who have this deep attraction to stars, and 
Every single individual I know who has that has been burned. There is no exception. Well, of Candace which I Owens am aware. is learning that now, and I don't. I don't really view Candace as a star effort. No, she isn't. She's not. But I just I want to make that clear. Right, but she really this, isn't. She's she's she, not at she all. She has a great character. I mean, I don't know her, but you can yeah, tell. No, she's a special human being. She's courageous in the extreme, and she got really burned by she a did. star. That's no, I, correct. I, I, that was not said as a. Uh, no, a criticism. A criticism. No, of no, it's just it's just a, it's a, just a, a, a very sad uh, fact. That's yeah. correct. And I could give another example, but I won't because it's just not it's not necessary in this case. But uh, in this case, it's a male that I'm thinking of. So that's one because, in part, because all I care about is your goodness. Your stardom is of no consequence to me. P- second. Really? All right, so I'll give you my, my second observation on this matter. What did, what did Sean say? Let's do Lear Capital first. Okay. I want to tell you all about Lear Capital. You're not the only one who lost money this year. With the current economic volatility, you have to find a way to protect your finances in retirement. One way to do this is to invest in gold. Did you know that you can add physical gold and silver into your IRA or 401k? If you want to learn more, call Lear Capital today and ask about the Lear Advantage IRA. You can transfer or roll over your old 401k or IRA into a gold tax-free and penalty-free account. And to sweeten the deal, Lear is offering free shipping on every purchase and up to $15,000 in bonus silver to every qualified client. Call for details at 1-800-260-5075. You can get a free Precious Metals Investor Guide and work with the top-rated Precious Metals Company on consumer affairs with a near-perfect rating on Trustpilot. Lear Capital is the gold standard in precious metals investing and has over $3 billion in trusted transactions with over 650,000 happy customers in the 25 years they've been in business. So call 1-800-260-5075 to get your free kit. See how gold has performed during periods of inflation, government debt, interest rate hikes, economic crashes, and even wars. And you will see that gold has often been that financial bedrock asset in portfolios. And what I really love about Lear Capital is that they're an American-owned company, proud to do business with Americans that share our conservative values. So write this number down and give them a call today. 1-800-260-5075. That's 1-800-260-5075. 1-800-260-5075. And if you don't want to call, you can simply go to Lear Capital. That's L-E-A-R, learcapital.com. So the other point I want to make, I can't believe, and I, I'm sure I've said this to you uh, even here, not not just off camera. What has now preoccupied me in the last couple of years, I've always been preoccupied with human nature and how every human has to battle human nature. It comes with its own issues. Right. We're not basically good. We're not basically evil. But we have to battle ourselves. Self-control is everything. Okay. But I, I have come to realize that there's a second 
part to human nature. We all have an individual nature. And it's a very problematic issue. So I'm raising this in the in, in, in connection with it was built into me to just look for goodness. I take no credit. This whole issue of taking credit and taking blame has consumed me in just the last couple of years. I, I think I said this to you. When I read about men who molest prepubescent children, I'm taking most among the most extreme evils. So I don't have to battle that. I mean, I don't get credit. Right. I, I, I get credit. I didn't cheat on tests in high school. I think I get credit for that. It was a willful decision. Uh, uh, of course, part of it was I didn't give a damn about grades, which I thank God for. But nevertheless, okay, there are things I'll take credit for. But the, we're dealt a nature, in addition to the universal of human nature, we're dealt a nature. Mm-hmm. And it makes you wonder about the eternal question. How much free will is there, for example? From the time I was young, I felt so grateful that I was given that nature of gravitating towards good people. Like You, I, you I, knew that? Oh, yeah. And I remember thinking, God, am I lucky because I've been given this gift. And, and again, this may sound self-congratulatory. It or isn't, so, it I, I don't mean it that way. Uh, it's clear. I truly mean wow, I feel so lucky. I can see in others if they are good faster and clearer Mm. than my friends can. Right. I can tell within five minutes of meeting someone. I would even even say within two or three minutes of meeting someone if they're good or not. Uh, I know that sounds odd. No, no, I'm with you. Well, yes, you understand. Yes, that's the point. But it's so, it's it's subtle things that can't be explained. So by the way, aside from everything else... So I'm curious, do you, have you ever been hurt? I don't mean in romance. That's a different wor- world. But have you ever been no. hurt by a, a misjudgment of a person? Hon- honestly, I thought, no. Me neither. No. And I'm a hell of a lot older, and I, I have not been. I I didn't, I haven't misjudged anyone that I, I can remember. I've had people disappoint me, but I always knew that they were going to do so. <laughs> and I expected it. Well, it's funny that uh, it raises the question: If you expect it, how could you be disappointed? Well, maybe well, God. Like, maybe why is God? Well, disappointed? I'm going to bring up a Dennis Prager line. You know that your parents are going to die, and when it happens, you're you're still I mean, disappointed. Well, yeah, you're sad. Uh-huh. You can still be disappointed when okay, something that's fair. happens. But I, I was able to figure that out really quickly. I want. I want to say something that that relates to what you said a few minutes ago that you recognize the goodness and the people that you grew up to kind of fear or what, what was the word you used um you you were saying oh yes that's yes. exactly what i used. Oh. yes i was see, raised to see, fear them human recorder yes so this is a little different because i didn't fear this person at all but uh, there is a woman, just a remarkable woman, who you met actually. She, uh, if you remember, she came. I brought her to the show uh, two years ago when I uh, worked for you, and I've known her since I was two months old. And she's been a caretaker for my sister Gina, who has severe autism. Her name is Diane. She is the best person, the most 
intrinsically good person I've ever known in my life. She's a deeply Christian, uh, conservative woman, has such integrity. For years, she has cared for my sister with fidelity and integrity. She's just she's remarkable. So it's it's the opposite of fearing her. We love her so much and she's become like a family member to us. But growing up, you know, I went to very liberal schools as you know. I didn't I wasn't very religious and she as I mentioned is a deeply Christian conservative woman. And sometimes growing up, we would have uh arguments is the wrong word, but disagreements about things. Who's and, we? Uh Diane and me. We would and she was she would always talk to me about religion growing up, and I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, we didn't talk about it often, but when we did, I, I really appreciated when her points of view. But as far as political things, I remember we would get into sometimes heated discussions about immigration, uh, about abortion. And I even back when I was liberal and I disagreed with her, I remember being just so moved by her innate goodness that there was always a part of me that thought, you know, there must be, I have to have deference to what she is saying, and there must be some truth to what she is saying, because a person of such goodness like this wouldn't hold these positions that I view as bigoted. Because I thought it was kind of bigoted that she was against abortion. I thought that it was kind of bigoted that she wanted strict border enforcement. And then when I became conservative, and I now would say that uh, I'm, I share her stances on abortion and, and immigration, I just – I look back and I realize that my good meter overpowered my political disagreement. And I'm so grateful for that um, because I think she in part helped me become conservative. Oh, and and uh, for amazing. so many – and for so many people, it's the inverse. They let the political disagreement trump the good meter. And for her, I, I would not let that happen. Well, you came now to realize, and I don't want to put any words in your mouth, obviously, that her goodness and her views right. well, exactly. reinforce that's each what, other. That's what I kind of realized when yes. I became conservative. So I'll, I'll, I'll say that this, the beauty of, of what we do is people who've even heard me, and a lot of people have heard me all of my career, but even if if it's only five years, which is a long long time as well, they haven't heard because it brings out of me by 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 it's inevitable when you talk to somebody openly. So I'll give you a specific that I, I don't think I've ever quite related. I'm trying to phrase it delicately. That's another thing. It's it's so hard to do that. Yeah. When you're, well, when you're on whenever, air, well, it's recorded. a very well, it's a very sensitive issue. That that's the reason I do. I don't I don't want anybody to um, have ill will toward anybody as a result of this. So so I'll have to explain it. Many blacks have anger at whites when they think about slavery, Jim Crow, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't think they should because whites have made a truly decent place for people of all all races. Okay. There is a a parallel in Jewish life. And I grew up with it. Not, Not from my parents, but from my milieu. 
and that was fear Christians. And most Christians don't know this. Whites are aware of, of black fear, anger, etc. But I don't think Christians are aware of Jewish fear, anger, etc. Mm. I mean, part of the reason is most Christians don't know aware Christians do. I mean, you know, like Pastor Hagee of, uh, of Christians United for Israel. He, he knows the history of Christian anti-Semitism. I mean, it, it, it was bad. And I wrote a book on anti-Semitism, and there's a chapter just giving highlights or lowlights of Christian anti-Semitism. So I was raised with that with with that notion, not again, not in my family. My father was in the navy, and, and, and he was one of the only Jews among the officers of his ship. So he was surrounded by Christians, you know, at a very formative time in his life. But that again, the milieu in which I grew up, and then my life, sort of, amazingly, I became immersed in, in Christian life. Salem is run by Christians. I'm, I'm one of the only Jews, uh, you know, that they have on, on air. And it doesn't matter to them, and it doesn't matter to me. I mean, uh, these are r- very good people. So that combined with Republicans only care about the rich guy, and then I meet these Republicans who didn't only care about the rich guy. They cared about America. They were more likely to have their kids go into the armed forces. So between those two, I underwent relatively early a this cognitive dissonance. Whoa, I was raised in this world, mm-hmm. and then I see the world I was told to fear. Danger on the right. Christians are anti-Semites. I had the same thing. How so? so? Well... You uh, you really confounded a lot of stereotypes for me that I had about conservatives. One of them, and this is one of the benign ones, but you just mentioned it, that Republicans only care about the wealthy. When I met you, I thought – I just sort of had this idea of your lifestyle. And certainly you are you know, economically privileged, but you don't live a grandiose life. You, you don't. And, and that's by choice. You drive very ordinary cars. You, you live in a very nice but not, you know, extravagant mega mansion house. You, you know, you don't go out to these fancy restaurants. You don't even drink wine. So it's not even worth me saying that you're not. Popping I never up. go to fancy. Restaurants. No, never. You let. And, and and again, I just I, it blew me away. And I know I said that phrase blew me away a lot this episode, but it's it's true. It it did. I thought, wow, Prag- Mr. Prager, he has this radio show. He has all these books. He founded PragerU. He must have a driver and a limousine and, you know, butlers uh, and five houses across the United States. And you live a very ordinary life because that doesn't matter to you. As long as you're comfortable, that's right. okay. And, and I, so so that was one of the ways. That's why it's so important for people to meet the other. Right. And, and you know, now, that's... by the way, sometimes it, it might reinforce your, your earlier uh, negative impression. Uh, I'm not saying always will be a happy outcome. Right. It was for me. And I had someone write in to me. You asked if people were writing in about Timeless. I had this young woman write in, and it was 
It's hard to pinpoint what my favorite email is over these past few years because there have been so many, but this has to be in the top five. And she said, when I saw you, I couldn't believe my screen. I couldn't believe that there was this young woman, she said, with chic clothes. I was like, oh, thank you. I don't, I don't know if my clothes are chic, but it, it, it was so sweet. With chic clothes, talking about conservative old-time values. And I loved getting that email because it, it made me realize that I did for that girl what is so important. I confounded her stereotype. I disrupted her notion of what a conservative should be. And it's re- it's really to your point it's powerful when you when you meet the other because I'm I'm sure someone seeing my show on the outside would think that it's a lifestyle show or would think it's a liberal show but then they listen to me and they see even though I am young and maybe I do wear chic clothing I don't know I I do care about the the old and eternal. So That's right. Coming together again after two years of waiting is the Dennis Prager Listener Cruise going to the gems of southeastern Europe from May 31st to June 13th. That's 13 days of a combined land and water cruise on AMA waterways, privately chartered for Dennis and his listeners. This cruise was just announced and it is already sold out. But you can get on the waiting list by calling 1-800-345-2483 and click on the banner on Dennis's website or go to coastlinetravel.com. The itinerary is a pre-cruise in Vienna and Budapest, cruising in Serbia, Bulgaria, and Romania, with a post-cruise in Bucharest included in your trip. There are four private lectures with Dennis Prager and Alan Estrin, nightly cocktail receptions, spacious staterooms, over 80% with balconies, chef's table experience included, open seating dining options, beverages including champagne, select wines, beer, and nightly specialty cocktails, unique local entertainment, complimentary tours in each port, and unlimited free Wi-Fi on the boat. Again, this cruise is already sold out, but if you'd like to get on the waiting list, you can call 1-800-345-2483 or click on the banner on Dennis's website or go to coastlinetravel.com. Well, I'll just end my own my own evolution noting that it's been sort of a love affair between Christians and me uh, for much of my life from fear them Dennis to well I know them now and a lot of them are wonderful people have you ever met a Jew hating Christian in all your years I can't say I have or a white supremacist Christian Uh, well I never met a white supremacist right so there have you are, ever met a Christian that confirmed no, the fear that no, you had that's, of them growing up? No, that's a great question, question, and the answer is no. When I say on radio, because we're told about all these white supremacists on the right, so my life is on the right. So I think, why haven't I met any? So there, there, the, the only possible answers are, well, you did, but they hide it from you, which is possible because they know I won't react well. My view of racism is as much 
that it's evil as that it's stupid. The idea that race says anything about you is stupid. And I, I don't hold, I don't think any stupid ideas. I, I don't say all of my ideas are right, but the wrong ones aren't stupid. <laughs> and that, that, that's just stupid. And, and by the way, stupidity has taken over the left because they do believe race is important. It, it's, 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 it's scary. But anyway, uh, it, it has just been, uh, that's why I can't wait to write my autobiography. I mean, it's, I am so idealistic that I am finishing my Bible commentary despite the fact that all of my passion right now is to write my autobiography. I really, I don't know how you do it. Well, that's a separate question. I just know somebody has to explain these biblical texts or they will go further and further into oblivion. It's so true. It's just so true. No, I got to tell you, uh, Julie... That you love the rational Bible and the effect it's had on your life. It has revolutionized my life. Well, let me just say this. You don't even have to react. If all I did was affect you, it was worth writing. I know. You said that at Shabbat the other night. I did? That was very touching. You did. Thank you. It's I, Again, I feel like a broken record, but it, it has so impacted me. It's like I, I was... I can't remember who I was talking to the other day, but I was I was telling someone about it. And I said, you know, it was like when I was done reading it, it's like I put on these gl- these glasses and I just saw the world in a different shade. I saw I just saw the world differently. And that was I went from seeing the world in a secular way to a religious way. And it, it just uh, it, it's changed it changed it has changed my life from the mundane to the profound. It is, you know, when I That's walk right. down the street, when I look around me, I, I feel more connected to life. I appreciate the everyday more. And then also, it's so, it's so weird because being religious or having an appreciation for religion as I do makes the mundane more profound and the profound less daunting. And so then when I'm sitting in front of, like, thank God, thank God I have your rational Bible commentary and it really soaked in before I started my show because when I sit there it could the pressure and how daunting it is could be crippling and overpowering for me but because thanks to you and your book I have this religious worldview I go this is greater than me you know as long as I'm espousing good values here like it doesn't matter if I mess up it doesn't this you know this one show doesn't matter like I, in other words, the me isn't as overpowering in my life. That's right. So anyway, that's just to say it is. It is so revolutionized me, um, and you know, in my show, Timeless. Again, not to feel like I'm. You can do it Plugging it, Go but I'm on. actually not. I'm actually not even trying to. It's I just, know you're not, but it it's doesn't just matter. I want everybody to watch. Right? Me. No, but but um, I, I'm going to talk a fair amount about religion, and. Look, you know, and our viewers know that I don't know exactly theologically how I identify. But what I do know is that I'm an ethical monotheist. And as you say, I want to argue for the necessity of God in Judeo-Christian values rather than proof. So that will be a huge part of my show. And again, I promise I'm not saying that to just plug it. You don't have to apologize. I feel like a relentless uh, salesman here. 
we are salesmen. Right, but it annoys know, me when you, I hear yeah, okay, other. Fine. It's like, yeah, oh, no, just no, shut we're up. salesmen for great ideas. It, it, it doesn't matter. Do you know that the Atlantic, which is of course left, it's not, uh, it's, it's, it's not even centrist. It's a left uh, thought magazine. They have an article in the latest issue about, I didn't finish reading it, but it is about the increasing number of thinkers, professors largely, who argue that the demise of the human species would not be a calamity. (laughs) So I said on my radio show, now folks, again, this is example number 10,000 of how the left keeps me religious. The left, the left shows me what secularism leads to. Yep. The left is in an inevitable reaction to secularism. I know there are secular conservatives. I thank God for them. But ultimately, as I said, it's interesting, I now say this regularly because I speak a lot to conservatives who are not religious. And, and, and they're my allies and friends and great people. But my, I have a new line. I don't think you've heard this. I hope not, because you'll love it. Your grandchildren will be leftists. Yeah. I worry about that with my kids. It's a great line. Secular it's a conservatives line. are terrific, but you cannot, secular conservatism cannot survive the death of, of, of the Bible, the death of God for for. Generations. Well, I talk about this with my Jewish friends, and the only reason why I'm specifically pointing out my Jewish friends as opposed to my Christian friends is because Jews are already a teeny tiny uh, percentage of the world population, and it's dwindling. But a lot of my Jewish friends are secular, and I say to them, and this is without even knowing your line, I say, your grandkids will not know what Judaism is. I don't think they care. Yeah, yeah. Well, they. Well, we talked about this at Shabbat dinner. I thought it was a fascinating conversation. I'm not sure your Jewish friends know what Judaism is. Well, they say that it's, and, and obviously you're the expert, so tell me. They say that in addition to being a religion, it's an ethnicity. Well, it's and a so people. It's, it's not a, an ethnicity because mm. there are black Jews and Arab Jews and, and European Jews. It can't be an ethnicity, but it's okay. Well, it's they, a, well, they. It is a people. It right. is a nation. So they say that they're grandchildren will still be Uh jewish because it's a people but i but the point that i try to make to them is they won't know any any of the values and the well why the biggest why stay a member of a people that doesn't have distinctive values Mm, yep that's the truth same thing with american americans didn't teach their kids why america has distinctive values and and now look at how many kids don't identify as american i'm a world citizen like superman I fear for us, Dennis. You should. I really fear for us. And, and, you're, and you're right to highlight this religion issue because I didn't think it was big until I, I, until I read the Rational Bible. Most, and it, most conservatives don't think it's big. And it's, it really is. I know this sounds like an exaggeration. And as I said a few minutes ago, I'm trying to really work on my language. But it is everything. It is everything. It is everything. Because even, you know, as I said a few minutes ago, I don't know theologically, theologically excuse me, how I identify but thank God I have respect for Judeo-Christian values because that all, – all we need is for people to be ethical monotheists. That's right. We don't really even need – I mean it's just – it's an added bonus Keep if people the are Ten believers. 
but we need people to be ethical. This raises an interesting question. Do you think that there can be a world that has ethical monotheists that are not believers? In, in, in the final analysis... Because the believers have an extra commitment to the values. Right. Ethical monotheism is the belief that God wants us to be ethical, that God's primary demand is, is morality, and that without God, there is, there's no ultimate morality. There's just opinion, and the world collapses into chaos, which is what we're, we're now seeing in, in a post-religious world. So can, can a person be an ethical monotheist acknowledging that but not personally believing in God? Can, is that what you're yes. asking? Yeah, I think one can. I think, however, that over the course of a lifetime, when you realize that the world can't function without X, you start believing X exists. That's, that's, in a, that's a big part of my faith. That's why I say the left keeps me religious. That's not a cute line. It is a very real line. By showing me the consequences of the death of God, I start to believe God is alive. You know, it, it's funny. I, I will admit something to you and to our viewers right now. This is, you know how I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast it will be so precious when I'm 50 to look back and, and literally see my moments of realization? I just had a moment of realization. I kind of thought that was a cute line of yours. Or a, oh, or a, how um, interesting. I know that well, so you don't you say know, anything that you, doesn't have meaning, no, but I thought it no. was, the left Good. keeps me religious, they're so nuts. Uh, I, I'm getting uh, the profundity oh, now. Oh, I am thrilled you're, you're you really, said You're this. right. I know I'm right, but it's not, the reason I'm so thrilled you said it is, uh, here is where I have the weakness of, of, of dates and, and, uh, or of numbers, let's say statistics and names, but I have a strength. I read other people's minds. That's one of the reasons I'm effective in my presentation, in writing or in speaking. I know what they are thinking when they hear me say something. So that is why I said, I prefaced my comment. This is not a line. Did you kind of see that I, I oh, so interesting. Oh, I, of, you, so interesting. but not you, anyone, 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 right. right. It sounds like a cute line. The left keeps me religious. It is literally true uh, yeah. as as the as the number of feet in a mile is true that is true well that i'm again i'm realizing the profundity and the trueness of that that's statement. right well when you come to realize it this is like i think oh great am i happy i said it yes because because i look to you to carry this stuff on well thank you and i and i hope to do it i'm trying but i, I just realized that that you're so right about this because i know the kind of mirror image to be true, which is that I know that now that I am religious or have a you know appreciation for God, I see the effects in my own life are so great. So that sustains right, my well, belief so, in okay, God. Right. So, so you, you have just, a micro mine was a macro point. Well I have a I guess you, positive facing you know, I see the beneficial effects of a life lived with uh allegiance to Judeo Christian values. You're saying you see the negative consequences of a life not lived with Judeo-Christian values, and both I'm coming to see right now. Right, both. Both lead to the same conclusion. Yes. Because these values make you better, and without them, it makes you worse. And the world. Right. 
But it is also a cute line. I mean, it is just true. Well, I agree with they're you. Because they're nuts. Well, but, I, that's why I use it because right. it, 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 it resonates. I understand that, but it, it is meant literally. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I said all through my life, if the, if the left, which loathes the Judeo-Christian world, it, 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 do you know that the Stanford University banned, did you, I don't know if you heard my broadcast on this, the Stanford University banned just a week ago during halftime playing against BYU, the Mormon University, mm-hmm. had, had a scene uh, at, during halftime mocking the vows that, uh, oh, that Mormons no. take to one another when they marry, having two women marry with one another uh, at halftime. Oh so when I say that you are taught with leftism to to mock and and have contempt for religion, except Islam, for Judaism right. and Christianity, well, exactly. and especially yeah. Christianity and uh, and Mormonism as 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 an offshoot of Christianity, uh, I am I, telling the truth. So my point is, if if these people who mocked religion thought the Bible was fairy tales and nonsense at, at best, dangerous at worst. If these people produced good, deep, fine people, generally speaking, I don't know how religious I would be. Because mm-hmm. I'm very rational, and if something, right. if something based on reason is convincing, I'm, I'm convinced. Right. So... If the French Revolution produced something good, and the American Revolution, which was which was God-based, were endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights, that's in the Declaration of Independence. The French Revolution uh, slaughtered thousands and thousands of Catholic priests. They were diametrically opposed in their view of, of the Bible, God, religion. And one ended up with the guillotine and one ended up with the freest society ever devised. The French gave America, not itself, the Statue of Liberty, as I often point out. So, uh, uh, what is it? By their fruits they shall be known or something to that effect? I think it's a New Testament line. And and, uh, that is exactly right. The fruits of of anti-religious leftism are, are... are chaos, intellectual and moral chaos. And the fruits of Judeo-Christian civilization has been the, the best people have ever come up with. Why isn't that dispositive? Well, that's that's what I came to a few years ago when you know I, I was secular and I thought the results are so in favor of those who hold these values. Maybe there's something there yeah, that I should pay some, attention to. Right. You yeah. know, crazy thought that maybe I should see what this is all about. And that relates to to another question I wanted to raise. I can't understand why people at the very least don't have curiosity. You know, I mean, first of all, I realize that this was something that I should pay attention to because the results, as I just said, are so in favor of those with the values. But also, just the simple fact that hundreds of millions of people in the world today and billions over you know, human existence have believed in these values, it makes me wonder, what are they? What are these things that so many people have 
flock to. I want to check. Uh, you know, I want to yeah. check the Bible well, out. Well, right. Here, Why do people lack that curiosity? Oh, uh, uh, it's astonishing. Isn't it's it? weird. It's downright weird. Right. This is something that has been a cornerstone, for better or for worse, and, and obviously That's it's been for better. That's why I learned Russian. I wanted to know what do the what do these Soviets believe, and and and, I, and it's not like I was attracted to it. I just wanted to understand what they believed. Well, this is this is what we were talking about a but few. There is a lack of curiosity. Well, that well, that, right. That's, that's what we were talking about a few episodes with even you know just Uber drivers, curiosity about other people. But oh. this is a pr- this is a pretty this is like yeah a a lack of curiosity about a quite fundamental component of human existence. It's very odd. It's just odd. And look, for a lot of my life, you know. I, I wasn't religious, but I did get to a point when I was 20 years old where that curiosity kicked in for me. Thank God. Well, but again, a lot of my friends, it hasn't yes, happened for them. Well, it's back to my issue of, of the nature you're given. It's very hard. It's a double whammy, fighting against human nature, which is universal, and fighting against individual nature of the individual. It's a it's a double battle for in many cases. And in our case, we have the societal. Uh, oh, good, Matthew seven sixteen. You is... shall know them by their fruits. All right, I came close. You also have societal influences that are looking to reinforce the bad parts of your nature or not correct for them. That's right. That's why I said when Hillary Clinton came out with her book, "It Takes a Village," I said I fully agree it's a with great her. Line. But I don't like her village. You know, I'm, I actually have met Hillary Clinton. Do you know this? Well, I know you seek stars. <laughs> yeah. He was talking about me the whole time, everyone. <laughs> I saw her once uh, on a beach, actually recently, a few months ago. Um, and she had all of the security with her. Uh, and there was a, a beach path that we were on. At, and I was walking up it to go to the bathroom. And she was walking down it to go to the beach. And we were alone on this beach path. Her security was about 30 feet behind her. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm about to come face to face with Hillary Clinton. So I just was like, okay, and continued to walk. And I have to say, I have to give her credit. When she walked by me, she she had sunglasses on, this big hat. Of course, she was probably trying to conceal her identity in this striped uh, dress on, I remember. But... She tilted down her sunglasses and she just smiled at me. She looked at me in the eye and she smiled. And I thought, you know, I don't agree with you on most things, but that was a very kind thing to do. To, you know, she she could be one of those pompous stars like, oh, this girl's just walking by me on a beach path. I'm going to stare off into space and act important. But no, she she made a deliberate effort to look and acknowledge me. So anyway, no, no, I, 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 I have I, to give I, credit where credit's uh, due. I, I agree with you. Look, but the, then I, I, that's where, how did I develop my notion of nice people have done a lot of damage. People need to yeah. understand that the human being, morally speaking, is two different people, micro and macro. The left, which is extremely unsophisticated, uh, berated me when I said, when I made this point about nice people who do bad things and I gave the example of slave owners oh yeah they did they, and, and they really I did said, yeah, I'm sure you. there were a lot of nice slave owners so the, the simpletons and they are they're, you, you can't think complexly and be leftist you could be a liberal but you can't be a leftist so they go oh 
Oh, really? Nice? People who beat their slaves were nice? Like, is that, wasn't I saying the opposite? That even people who had slaves, that some of them were otherwise nice? I mean, but... I, look, I'm a Jew and I'm telling you they were nice Nazis. There's no doubt that there were. There was... <laughs> I played uh, soccer and there was a parent... Or maybe it was... Swim, I've played so many sports in my life. But there was a parent on the team... Uh, of I should say of a girl on the team who was arrested for uh, having child pornography, and he was really nice to me. I mean, he was mm-hmm. he was very nice when we were that, you that's know practice. When it came out, he was this dark person. Right. Nice is not the same as good. I have a good detector, not a nice detector. Retweet. I, mean, I obviously <laughs> retweet at Dennis. Brady. I definitely prefer nice people to not to not nice people. Of course, mm-hmm. I want my neighbor to be nice. It's a, it's a nice trait to to be nice, but it does it, it's not it's not the moral IQ, the MQ, the moral quotient of the human being. And I learned that in in Minnesota, where they elect bad people. And there's so many nice people in Minnesota. Well, I saw it at Harvard. A lot of my classmates, a lot of the professors, they're very nice. You know, That's in an person. interesting question. But I would like I, to have spent a week at Harvard invisibly, which is hard at six foot four and <laughs> looking as I look. But I would like to have, I wonder if I would have even found them quite nice. I, I, don't, I don't know the answer. I have to say, I mean, even after I became conservative there were still a lot of people at harvard who were quite nice to me i i'm very happy to hear that i know you said that and i believe you and i would like to do the same at yale i have a picture of a picture pretty dark picture of yale students well also i'm not an incredible public figure you know like i i mean i'm not trying to discount what i've done but i'm not i'm not famous by any means so i'm sort of a low-level threat, if that right. makes sense. But yeah. but still, again, I, I have to give credit where credit's due. People well, nice but you look, you did write a very strong attack on your classmates yes. at Harvard I in did. the Wall Street Journal. Okay, yeah. that that's a big deal. Can't get I, more direct than Harvard students uh, are COVID I, sheep. That's right, and I I was pleasantly surprised that you were not vilified more on you know, campus. What's interesting is that. You know, I mentioned when I was telling that prayer you story that everyone knows I had those two weeks of hell. I was more canceled during those two weeks when I just did one appearance on your show than I was when I came back to Harvard for my senior year after doing multiple appearances on your show. And I think it's because I was canceled more at the beginning because I wasn't all in. Like, I still... I don't know how oh, that, no, I'm that saying is, this, but I didn't, right. I didn't subscribe. Uh-huh. I didn't fully unsubscribe from their worldview. So technically, I was still in the territory of being canceled. But then when I just went, fully came out conservative, was on your show once a week, guest hosted for you, you know, was just out in the open, I, I actually found that fewer people canceled me because it was... It was just like, I don't subscribe to your... You can't cancel me because I'm not in your camp anymore. I sort of self-canceled. Yes. That's a good good point to end on. I always think the time flew. Me too. It's a good sign. As it I, is. As I say on my radio It's show. really fun. Totally. So uh, 
How, how, to, to, how do people me. write yes. to you? You can write to me at Julie at Julie-Hartman.com. I love hearing from H-A-R-T, all of you. H-A-R-T, not H-E-A-R-T. Yes, H-A-R-T-M-A-N. And you can follow us at Dennis Julie Pod on Twitter and Instagram and Dennis and Julie Podcast on Facebook. And we will see you next week. Sean, is it going to be number 40 next week? This, this is, 40. is 40. No, that'll be 40. You know, 40 oh, is a big biblical number. I know. In this 40 years of broadcasting, you just celebrated. Oh, that's right. I didn't think of that. Yeah. yeah. We kind of blew past that. That's a huge accomplishment. If you get, if you give people good values, it's a huge accomplishment. Longevity in and of itself is not an accomplishment. I know from doing just one week of shows. Oh, that's true. That yes. 40 years is one hell of an accomplishment. Well, God gave me a lot of energy. See you next time, guys. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.